the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show on this Taco Tuesday. I'm getting into a little bit better mood. Y'all know that last hour was really rough for me, having to recall what's going on over in Israel. I hate having to report. On that kind of barbarism. Um, but now we're into hour two and we've got some other things that we're going to move into rap about. I told you guys later on, we're going to talk about the border because there's more information coming out uh, related to that. We've got a former head of the CIA that's in a little bit of some trouble. We've got a scary story about 23 and me. Do you guys have your DNA out there on 23 and me? We've got that to talk about uh, a little bit later, but now Our good friend Gary Quackenbush is back with us. It's actually been a while since we've been together live because we've been having to get our times uh, together lined up. So I can't think of a better time right now than to bring him on the show because he always cheers me up and puts me in a good mood. Hello, my dear friend. Andrea, how are you? Well, I'm in a better mood now than I was an hour ago. So thank you for being here, as always. Um, This is your first time to be on with our new producer of the AK Show, our latest veggie from the Veggie Tales. So here I get to officially introduce you on air to the one and only DJ Sesame Broccolini. What's going on? Music is still pending. Please stay tuned because it's going to be very, very, very good when it's all complete. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, um, well, Gary, Sesame I, Broccolini, it's good to know you. I'm glad you're uh, <laughs> you're producing this here train ride. So this is good. Any uh, any yeah. friend of Andrea is a friend of mine. Just know that. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to say producing this train wreck of a show. <laughs> train. <laughs> no, it's but crazy you know what? Train. When we first, yes, the train, the rolling train. When we first uh, introduced him to the listeners, Sesame Broccolini. Uh, Todd, DJ Carrot Sticks, actually played an old clip from Saturday Night Live. Do you remember Dana Carvey when he played the piano and sang the Chopping Broccoli song? Oh, my gosh. No, that would be hilarious. You didn't know that? Carvey's hysterical. (laughs) When he comes back on, we'll have it for him. It was comedy genius because you know how like these lounge singers will take one dumb line of a song and they'll sing it over and over, but they'll sing it different ways each time. It was so funny. yeah. Anyway, speaking of funny, you always have me laughing with some wacky laws. So I'm hoping my dude Quack has some whack for us this week. Cheer me up. This usually when I do this, you say, "Oh, well, hey, don't make fun of my peeps." You know, I I think that's you know because I because I'm just you know a Southern California boy, and I, I don't I don't know. I know you're from somewhere that's more has more like crazy foods and stuff like that and yes. funny traditions but i don't think you're from texas no all right well 
one of the disappointing things, you know, you hear people say, they say, oh, people are leaving San Diego in droves. They're just like literally train loads of people just leaving California. And where are they going? They're all going to Texas. Well, I would just warn you, those of you that are Southern Californians that are leaving San Diego, by the way, goodbye. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, see ya. Texas has a law. It is illegal to eat your neighbor's trash. <laughs> So, you can't eat your neighbor's trash, and you can't eat out of any public dumpsters. So I'm saying if you're moving out of SoCal and you're headed to Texas, you better have a job because you yes. can't be digging in those dumpsters. That's right. You can't be hanging out behind a four-star Michelin restaurant thinking you're going to get to snack on some uh, plate of you know quail egg goo that cost $150 that somebody tossed aside. No, 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 no. That's uh, right. If, but if I was going to eat out of a dumpster from behind a restaurant, it would definitely want. To, I definitely would want it to be some Tex-Mex or some Texas barbecue, not some of this stuff they slopping up in L.A. at some of these Asian fusion places. Because I don't. I don't eat raw. Okay. I I don't do sushi. I don't know about you, my dude. Um, but yeah, we eat we're, we eat some funky stuff in Louisiana compared to other states. But mm-hmm. we don't eat out of each other's trash. Okay. Well, it's illegal in Texas, so apparently yeah. they had a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they Look, I can see how I, somebody might want to eat out of my discarded food if I had any leftovers because I do know my way around a kitchen. But this yeah. reminds me, did you ever see the Seinfeld episode where George got the cake out of the, uh, his girlfriend caught him getting a piece of cake out of the trash? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. You have all the good ones. <laughs> it's so good. He's like, but it was sitting on top on a paper plate. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> see, you always make me laugh. You always remind me of funny things, too. What else you got? Well, I, as far as, uh, I mean, the other stuff is not that. I mean, in Dana Point, I think this is kind of sad. You, can't, you cannot use your own bathroom with the window open, and I, I think that's so that people can't look inside, I suppose. But I think that's disappointing because, you know, it's Dana Point, and I think, you know, you should be able to have your window open when you use the bathroom, even Enjoy if it's the, the window is, the, is floor to yeah. ceiling. Yeah, you, you know, should be able to enjoy right. a view or some fresh air while you're handling business. I mean, absolutely. You know. So stay out of your people's trash and your neighbor's trash, and don't let your neighbors see you doing your business. So yeah, that's the best I can do today. I, yeah. Oh, funny day. <laughs> that's good but, enough. And I, I appreciate you allowing me to talk about stuff like that on the radio because it is that's trash talk on the Andrew K <laughs> show. <laughs> GQ and the trash talk on the AK show. <laughs> there you go. Trash talking on the AK Because a lot of times it really <laughs> segue here. It really does seem like we trash talk because, you know, I do estate planning. I've been doing it for three and a half decades and it drives me. I don't know. It kind of makes me more sad than anything. I don't get mad about it anymore, but it makes me sad when people don't take care of things. You know, you hear this, you know, failing to plan is like planning to fail. And there's no way you could do that bigger than failing to plan your estate. And it makes me sad that you have, you know, these people that are really a big deal that have money and have family that that, that depends on them. And then they leave a lot of wreckage. I mean, it's bad enough yeah. to have to die. We all have to go through that. And we all have to survive somebody's death. But then to have the, the financial wreckage that literally destroys families. 
And that's the thing that I've seen so much that really is frustrating for me is if things are really in order, it's a lot easier to keep the pieces together when the parents die. But when it's not in order and things are confusing or they they seem really skewed one way or the other or that one of the kids kind of got into mom's head and now they own all this Mm -hmm. stuff, that's the stuff that really causes these destroyed relationships that are going to go on for the rest of their lives. So I hate when people have these Mm -hmm. garbage – Back to the trash thing. I hate it when people have a bad estate plan or they don't right. do it right or they they favor one kid over the other. I just want estate plans mm-hmm. to be clean and definite and done right and not done when you're in an assisted living facility where they don't know whether you have comp- competence or not. You got to right. get it done when you have right. competence and when you're going to do right. it. It's just it's so important for crying out loud. I talked to somebody about well, this yeah. today. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I I I think I messaged you because. <laughs> I will email Gary at the weirdest times because I, you know, because this is a topic that really means something to me. And I was actually watching a YouTube show called Facing Death. This was about Uh a month ago. It was on a Saturday night. And I saw this couple. He had been in and out of hospitals over the years with cancer and different things going on. And now he's gone back in needing um, organ transplants that he was not qualified for because of insurance today and his age and different things. And so he's, he's not in a conscious state at this point to make a long story short. And his wife is there by herself and decisions have to be made. And the doctor's trying to talk to her about her choices and she's alone and he didn't do a living will. He's done no estate planning. She has no idea what his medical directives would be. She, she knows, knows nothing at all about anything related to a power of attorney. And he's like, well, if we do this, choice he's going to be in a lot of pain i need to know whether or not i need to go down this route to try to save him so there's so many different aspects to estate planning but to to see to watch it's one thing for you and i to talk about these scenarios and it's another thing for me to see it and Mm -hmm. to see this woman in her 50s be faced with these decisions and he didn't get it locked up she didn't get it locked up get it locked down and now she's faced with these decisions by herself no kids around her, nobody to help her. And the doctor's like, I'm, I got to give you about 10 minutes to figure this out. It was absolutely horrifying. Facing death is tough enough. Facing death for a loved one, even worse. And then, you know, when you haven't prepared for it, and all from a medical directive, power of attorney, what to do with your property, and you're in the middle of it, it could not have been more horrifying to me. It was terrible. Yeah. Well, I, um, true story. I had a, a lady that worked for me. This is when I was early on in my practice. Her name's Lorraine. And she ended up leaving. She took some time off because she went back to um, the panhandle. And her and her brother met at their mom's bedside. Mom was in a hospital, basically. So she basically said, I've got to go. My mom's dying. She's at the end. And my brother's there. So he, she went back with her brother. And mom was on life support. And they got into an argument, her and her brother, because she said, this is awful. Mom does not want to be on life support. She's vegetative. She's not responsive. Mom's gone. We need to remove life support. And her brother's response was, that's murder, sis, because Mm -hmm. mom is still here. I can hold her hand. Her heart is still beating. Don't you dare unplug mom. And she said absolutely wrecked her and her brother's relationship literally oh, forever. forever. So she went, did that a couple of weeks later, she came back to the office and she literally came into my office and she sat down and she said to me, if you ever 
do an estate plan for someone that doesn't include a fully thought out and executed valid healthcare power of attorney, I will quit on the spot and leave you mm-hmm. high and dry. She said that was the most painful thing I've ever had in my entire life. And she said the sad thing is I was mad at my brother. You know, he was mad at me and I was furious at my mom who was there mm-hmm. dying. And she said, yeah. what kind of emotions? I mean, none of them were good. And so I'm you know, suffering with my mom dying and I'm mad at her because she's causing yeah. this thing that she didn't think yes. about ahead of time. And it's and all it's just, preventable. It's, it's yeah. all preventable. Yeah. And you know what? It's affordable. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. It absolutely is. And you've got to handle your business. I mean, seeing these people that I, in these, and, the, and that was just one of the stories that I saw in this facing death, because you're not only is your death inevitable and your loved one's death's inevitable, but all these decisions are inevitable as well. You can't get away from it. So you can either deal with it in advance or you can deal with it in the moment when it's a thousand times worse. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Gary. 855-500-TRUST. All right. Well, thank you for being here, my dear. Appreciate All you right. so Take much. Care, okay. Thanks for the giggles. Thanks for the All trash right. talk. Take care. Have a good one. <laughs> thank you, Sesame. All right. You guys, come on back. Gary can leave, but y'all can't, so stay tuned. Andrea K. bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. You guys remember former CIA and NSA Director General Michael Hayden? Remember how he was one of the 51 treasonous weasels from the alleged intelligence community who claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation? Yeah, remember that guy? Should have immediately lost his congressional clearance. Uh, He also should have been, even at that time, uh, visited by the Department of Defense under the Uniform Code of Military Justice for that act of treason, using his security clearance, using his credentials, using his position in order to cover up crimes committed by, at at the time, a former vice president, now president of the United States, and his son. It's traitorous. Right. That same guy actually tweeted out the other day that Senator Tommy Tuberville, who actually was an old uh, football coach from Auburn, remember uh, Tuberville or Tuberville, however you say it, he has been fighting the uh, nominations, the appointments in uh, the military leadership because the Department of Defense and our military has gone completely woke and using taxpayers' dollars to pay, wanting to use taxpayers' dollars to pay for military abortions across state lines, which is illegal. We're not, there's not supposed to be U.S. dollars paying for abortions. So he's been holding up uh, nominations of military brass. Well, uh, Hayden himself said that uh, Tuberville should be removed from the human race. In fact, let me make sure I get it right. Somebody had tweeted that he should be asked if uh, Tuberville should be removed from his committee. Hayden responded, how about the human race? Which is actually a call for an assassination. Well, Tuberville, when he got called out for it, of course, you know, continued his smarmy, nasty. He He had been over the years, had already been critical of Tuberville, calling him a racist, um, uh, 
the Tuesday after there was backlash over his tweet, he uh, tweeted that he was, quote, surprised to wake up this morning and discover MAGA nuts had lost their mind over his suggestion that Coach Tuberville not be considered a member of the human race. First of all, to have this former general, CIA director, NSC director, who's still receiving a pension on taxpayers' dime, refer to 75 million of us as MAGA nuts. What a smarmy piece of crap he is. Smarmy lump of human waste. That's a lie. He did not say should not be considered a member of the human race. So then he insults everybody's intelligence with trying to act like he didn't say what he said, which, of course, he did. And then he tried to blame later. He tried to blame his, quote, aphasia on it. Oh, that wasn't me. That was my that was my condition, my aphasia, which is a very serious condition and is what's afflicting Bruce Willis at this point. He says, uh, I, I mean, I have aphasia. Sometimes my meaning isn't clear. Um, well, here's what Tubbo had to say. He said this morning, he issued a statement this morning. My office was made aware of a statement made by General Michael Hayden calling for a politically motivated assassination. This statement is disgusting and it is repugnant to everything we believe in as Americans. He said, given General Hayden's long career in Washington, he must have known that by making such a statement, he was committing a serious crime. His own efforts today to reinterpret what he said are only a tacit admission of guilt. He went on to say, uh, Tuberville did, that if we still have a non-political justice system in this country, then General Hayden will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. My office has reported this incident to the Capitol Police, and I expect that they will once again do an excellent job of protecting members of Congress and bringing criminals to justice, tongue firmly planted in cheek. He continued to say that he was not aware of any congressional Democrats who condemned Hayden's statement and that Democrats have only continued to attack him by name on Tuesday. He wrapped by saying, sadly, General Hayden is just the latest in a long line of Washington leftists who have engaged in reckless rhetoric against me over the past few months. This must stop and it must stop now. Um, I don't think it was reckless as much as it was meant when we said last hour uh, that we have factions and institutions in the United States of America that are celebrating Hamas. We already are a U.S. government that has been weaponized, that is punishing physically, mentally, psychologically, financially, and legally American citizens for their political beliefs. We're not far from Americans being dragged out of their homes and being kidnapped and beaten and raped. We're not far from that. We've been dragging people out of their home. There was a time in which I thought, as a kid growing up in the military, that the military would protect us against an overreaching government. Now the Haydens have taken over our military, and now they're a threat. Sesame Broccolini, anything you want to add to this story and to my analysis? That's the thing that people need to understand. Look, Tommy Tuberville, Tuberville, however you want to say it, is preventing an onslaught of woke leftist activist people from becoming appointees in the U.S. military. There is a woke communist takeover happening. It's why Mm -hmm. even veterans now are telling their own family members not to enlist in the military. Talk to people even here in San Diego and Southern California and the Navy and the Air Force at Miramar down on the San Diego Bay, people training uh, at Camp Pendleton, and it's clear there's a woke mandate across the military, 
and right now Tuberville is the only thing standing between us and that communist takeover happening at the highest levels of government. So all these people like Hayden are saying that Tommy is undermining our national security because he won't play ball. I actually think it's the opposite. I think oh, yeah. filling our military with these woke left, left-wing left activists is the thing that is going to undermine our preparedness and open the door to China or Russia or whoever else wants to take our lunch. No, you're absolutely correct. And it's another example. You, he's stopping the wokeness. And when, what happens when you stop the wokeness? They want to come for you and persecute you and prosecute you and punish you in whatever way, shape or form that they can. And this is somebody that's being paid by the taxpayers right now. This is somebody who was a former CIA, former NSC, and a former general. Highest levels of our government hate us, absolutely hate us with a passion. And it's incredibly disturbing. I have no hope whatsoever, no expectation that anything will befall Hayden for this criminal act. And quite frankly, where's the rest of the Republican Party? Shouldn't they be calling it out? Sesame Broccolini? Oh, yes, they should. Anybody who pay attention very closely to those who are silent right now, whether it's about the border, about Israel, about this thinly veiled assassination threat. Pay attention to people who are speaking up right now and then look at those who are not speaking up because this is one of those moments where, again, we're losing this country and our own, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, our own government, our own representatives who are supposed to be serving the people treat us like terrorists while Mm -hmm. actual terrorists are basically ushering in a new, I don't want to say it's a Holocaust or an ethnic cleansing in Israel, but some kind of pre-genocidal event. Absolutely. 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 Uh, You mentioned the border. Suddenly, Breitbart is reporting that Republicans are all like, this could happen in the U.S. We've got to seal the border. We've got tears coming across. This could happen here, what happened in Israel, as though we've not had an Islamic terrorist attack in this country. Completely forgetting, um, hmm, gee, 9-11? 9-11, where they took planes and killed thousands of Americans? What do you mean? It could happen here. It's already happened here. They took pressure cookers and blew little children apart into pieces in Boston. The fiancé came here uh, on the fiancé visa and shot up a Christmas party in San Bernardino. Bodies of gay people slaughtered and massacred at Pulse nightclub. The Fort Hood shooting. It's all the same thing. We had a beheading of a woman at a manufacturing facility in Oklahoma years ago. And Barack Obama sent the mosque where this guy came from a congratulatory letter letter for being such pillars of the community. After that radical mosque churned out a radical who beheaded a woman on the job site. We're going to take a break and continue talking about the border when we come back, as well as the fight, the the uh, battle for the speaker gavel is on. In fact, it's taking place tonight in D.C. Uh, is McCarthy ready to roll back into the chair? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So in the middle of all of this war that we've got going on in Israel, we've got a battle going on in the Republican Party for the uh, Speaker of the House position. And uh, as soon as the terrorist 
terrorized Israel. Uh, there was blame going around of the horrors uh, as though there was anything to equate the vacant speaker chair uh, with anything going on in Israel or that the motion to vacate caused the Israel war. I mean, the, the insane attempts to connect the dots was ridiculous. Enter Kevin McCarthy, former speaker Kevin McCarthy, who was yanked out of the chair um, by his arrogant chin, said that he, he had said that there was no way he was going to throw his hat in the ring to be speaker again. Well, as soon as the terrorist attacked in Israel, here he comes. And proceeds to do a lecture in which he doesn't have to be speaker to be a leader, um, starts talking about how America's got, you know, trying to act all like, you know, leader like, which nobody's buying, particularly not since he chose the moment to attack uh, Matt Gates and Nancy Mace. And so he just he just proved in that moment why he needed to get gone. Well, he has, but he didn't get the message. And he has since come out with Kevin McCarthy's five-point plan for the U.S. response to the war in Israel. And I'm going to read you these five points, DJ Sesame Broccolini, and see if you can interpret this for me and find anything here that is actually got any teeth to it. Number one, rescue all American hostages. Um, He puts that out there like that's just, you know, oh, okay, just give that directive like you're ordering a, a latte at Starbucks. Just rescue all American hostages. Yeah, look, obviously, and this is such an obvious moot point, I can't believe we even have to go over it, but yes, uh, obviously, at some point, you're going (laughs) to negotiate and turn up the pressure and say, and actually bargain for people, and honestly, maybe if Kevin McCarthy was better at bargaining, he he would still be speaker, but he's not, so it's interesting that he's pointing this out, but sure, yeah, I mean, obviously, we should negotiate and make sure that we get rescue every single American life, and prevent as many... You know, civilian, like we don't want civilian casualties of any kind. Israel doesn't want any of this violence at all. But the fact that well, he even has to say that. Well, right. Uh, thank you, Master of the Obvious McCarthy. Uh, we need to rescue all American hostages. Okay, well, that's not as easy as it sounds, but thank <laughs> you for making that declaration. Obviously, it's something we need to attempt to do. Don't know if it's doable. Um, it just shows you what it, little experience yeah. he's really got in the real world outside yeah. of the Washington, D.C. bubble, where it's all promises to donors and prospective exactly. voters and going to Lincoln Club dinners. It's like, respectfully, um, this is a lot harder than, than it seems. Yes, <laughs> it's bumper sticker platitudes, like point number Number two, provide full support for our ally Israel. Meaning what? Does that mean boots on the ground? Does that mean money? We've, we're low on ammunition and military and military assets because the, we're either left behind in Afghanistan or given all to Ukraine. I mean, where, what does this even mean? Is this even to, a position that he's taking? It doesn't. None of this really feels like he's even offering it's, up any concrete, no, tangible. No. What's the deliverable here? A- ally support again, Captain right. Obvious. I mean, that's the whole name yeah. of the game right now. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So what does this mean? Confront Iran and the new axis of evil. What is the new axis of evil and confront with what? That's like Barney Fife saying stop or I'll say stop again because Andy Griffith never gave him a bullet for his gun. (laughs) I mean, confront Iran with what? How about well? How about well, we start by freezing the money? Let's yeah. freeze six billion dollars. If we want to talk real specifics, Kev, uh, Mr. McCarthy, yeah. let's, let's do it because I'm all in favor of of voting to to you know let's use the power of the purse where we can and really yeah. turn up the pressure on the Ayatollah. So yeah. if that's a serious suggestion, then yeah, let's go after that six billion dollars right now. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, point number four: focus on securing our own open border. Okay, but what does that mean? Focus, secure the border. 
deport. I mean, this is just this. The, it's meaningless platitudes. And his last one is condemn anti-Semitism in the United States. Condemn <laughs> anti-Semitism. <sighs> that's even that's even lamer than Barney Fife. Condemn anti-Semitism. How about saying Rashida Tlaib needs to get that Palestinian flag out from her office and shove it up her butt on the way out the door? How about that? How about how about we want to you want to you want to get condemn anti-Semitism? You get rid of Rashida Tlaib. You get rid of the flag outside her door. Go take a video of you getting rid of the flag. That'd be that'd be one step, right? How about how about calling on the Biden administration to get to 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 condemn the Muslim Brotherhood and declare them a terrorist organization and route out anybody connected to the Muslim Brotherhood and Hamas within the Biden administration? Yep. This is this is the kind of crap that makes me so angry well, because it's platitudes that insult the intelligence of anybody paying attention. It is platitudes. And it's also a, an interesting thing because this government can act quickly when it's really motivated to, to do so. Mm-hmm. Last year, you look ever since this war in Ukraine began. I know it's a complicated conflict, but we were able to get aid to Ukraine immediately. They did not think about sending billions and billions, not just to military aid, but economic aid to bankroll their economy so they don't slip into a recession so they can keep fighting Russia. And that's obviously run by Vladimir Putin, the all-purpose book man but still this government can act quickly they can move mountains it, it, it's about if they want to it's about the will for some reason this situation is not greasing the right wheels in dc and i don't really know what else it's going to take because this is certainly one of the gravest most tragic events that we've seen in modern human history honestly across the board yeah. and it's just yeah, one absolutely. crisis after another with this administration and i know you know mccarthy's different he's a republican but that's why i expect a lot more from him i expect platitudes from the democrats from the liberals but i want mm-hmm. more from real republicans and real conservatives and i just don't know what it is he doesn't seem to understand what's going on but he's losing influence in this party and it's because he refuses to stand for anything Absolutely. And this isn't standing for anything. This is just more crap on a, on a, you know, uh, points on a, on a, this is as bad as you wouldn't know this reference or you might George W. Herbert Walker, 41 and his thousand points of light speech. You know, this is, we have, we're $33 trillion in debt. We've got 10 million illegals, including terrorists pouring into our country. You know, we, you know, we've got a homeless problem and a drug problem and a gang problem and a crime problem just raging across the country. And now we're on the brink of world war. And this is, this is his five point plan. I mean, you know, no, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to end up with, with somebody better than this, a speaker, but I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling completely confident. It's kind of like Woodrow Wilson's 14 points for world peace, but it's a lot less inspired. And even those points weren't really particularly inspired. Uh, I don't know what his goal was. Like, is he trying to get something done or is this just about exploiting a crisis to boost his own status post losing the speakership position? Well, that's exactly what it is. And because there's there is uh, a group of rhino establishment that really want him back in that position because they think they think of MAGA what Michael Hayden said. They hate us as much as Michael Hayden. They think we're MAGA nuts as well because we are the real disruptors. Right. Um, Oh, by the way, um, Trump has said that he thinks Ron DeSantis, I mean, he's so solidified his lead that that he's predicting Ron DeSantis is going to drop out in the next three weeks. Um, You think it's going to take that long? Where do you see that going? 
I don't think he's going to drop out at all at this point, honestly. I think he's probably going to ride it out because, look, honestly, he's not going to... It doesn't seem like he's going to get the nomination. It doesn't really seem like he's going to win. But there is something to be said for running a decent, respectable campaign. Uh, he's got a lot of money invested into this sunk cost fallacy. Usually you don't see a candidate put this kind of cash up and then just walk away. Um, but I do think maybe he's... There's a way for him to gracefully sort of step aside and throw his support behind Trump. He's not doing that. I think he should. He could support Trump while still technically being in the race, and then he could drop out long after the primaries are over and after everybody's already forgotten that he's even you know running at all. Yeah, um, I would have really liked him in the VP slot. Um, I didn't even mention in the last day or so yep. that Robert, yep. F- I think it was yesterday, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has decided to, he's made it official that he's dropping the Democrat uh, party and running as an, as an independent. Um, you know, is he more conservative in some ways than even some Republicans? Yes. Um, but he's still, uh, you know, he's still a lefty. And a socialist on too many too many areas, and I don't appreciate CPAC, the conservative um, political action conference, inviting him to speak. Because now more than ever, with the situation that we're in as a country, we need true conservatism to be taking the stage everywhere. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show on this Taco Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Final segment of tonight. I forgot to mention Sesame Broccolini when we were talking about Kevin McCarthy and his five-point plan. One of the things he did not mention in dealing with this crisis that we've got with global jihad and what's happening in Israel is energy independence. What's 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 what power does the Middle East have over Western civilization? Energy, oil, right? We were energy independent under Donald J. Trump. Now, thanks to Joe Biden and his war on energy, we're paying six dollars and fifty cents a gallon at the pump, and it's only going to get worse as if this escalates beyond Israel. And energy independence would have been a nice thing for McCarthy to mention in his five point plan. And he did not. Um, OK, do you have and you don't have to answer this if you don't want. I have said from the beginning that I'm never going to give my DNA over to Ancestry.com or any of these Ancestry sites. Um, if you feel comfortable, have you done that or would you share your DNA on any of these sites? I haven't. The only condition under which I would do it is if some private company could guarantee to me that this data is totally encrypted in some very guarded server where the government couldn't get into it. And even if they did, they couldn't read any of the data because they cannot break the modern encryption standard. So if I knew that there was some kind of way to safeguard that data on the back end so it can't be used later or stored in some FBI file on me, then yeah, sure, I guess I would give it up. But until that day comes, no way. That's a big if. (laughs) <laughs> it is a big if. I have conditions. Yes, yes. Serious conditions. Um, one of the reasons why, even before, you know, the idea of the government getting to, you know, get a hold of your DNA, I was thinking, I don't need to know if I've got some, if daddy, when he was over at Vietnam, messed around and I got any any brothers and sisters <laughs> out there. I, I don't need to know. Okay. <laughs> I don't need any, any. That's also a know, big ex- if, but yeah, you don't. Yes. Need, yeah. Yeah. 
I am not interested in being contacted, especially if I win the lottery. I'm not interested in being contacted. Um, there's just I do like the fact that y'all know I like my true crime shows. I do like how the technology has been able to be used to solve crimes. It is that sophisticated, um, but I'm just not going to offer mine up. Um, not because I'm trying to avoid any crime, but because I don't want the government to use it to try to manufacture a crime on me. Um, now we see today there's reports that 23andMe which is a DNA ancestry site, um, has been hacked. There's some kind of breach. And what's interesting about this breach is that it is specific to DNA, DNA profiles of Jewish users. Really? Yes. With what's going on in the world today, there are clearly targets on the back of Jewish Americans. For Kevin McCarthy to talk about railing against anti-Semitism, where's the Republican Party been? Where's the Democrat Party been? Because I'm old enough to remember when Trump, the lead up to his uh, election and right immediately in 2016, it was there's going to be an increase in hate crimes because Trump is anti-Semitic. I remember having to defend Trump against anti-Semitism claims by pointing out the fact that his daughter converted to Judaism is married to a Jew. But but the left just wanted to smear, since they couldn't win on, on anything valid and a clear agenda, it all had to be smears of anti-Semitism and anti-black and anti-brown and all of that. Just another way to and, go after Trump on anything that they can. Yeah, just another accusation. Yeah. It's totally bogus, but the fact that they can plant that idea is powerful enough. It's damaging yeah. enough just to plant that idea into the public right. discourse. Right. Meanwhile, the rise of anti-Semitic attacks has been skyrocketing, and it's largely been by by African-Americans. And they want to deny this and they want to deny it. We, it. But, you know, that's the reality. So you can't tell me you want to condemn anti-Semitic acts in this country without making it clear on who is committing it. Who's committing these acts and what who's doing it in, in the different forms, the different areas in which it's it's happening in, in, in this country. So um, that's really frightening. That's really, really frightening to me that what's happening with 23andMe. And when I was talking to Greg Roman earlier from Middle Eastern Forum, I got the sense from him when I was pointing out all the anti-Semitism going on in the country from the chants of gas, the Jews in Sydney. Excuse me, I'm stifling a sneeze. And in New York City, that he's like, oh, you know, the Jews know how to defend themselves. Uh, Well, they do, but should they have to? We should not be seeing this many decades after the Holocaust, this level of global anti-Jewish sentiment around the world. Do you agree? Absolutely. And look, it's it's in college. One of the most interesting things I did was a whole, you know, discourse lecture series, guest speakers about the Holocaust, about genocidal events and human history. We were watching a protest in Belgium in 2019 with all the same World War II era tropes. They, were, they weren't saying gas Jewish people, but silence them, kick them out of society. All the same tropes about the ways that they might look or names or whatever. Every, all the Nazi era propaganda that we saw in the 30s and the 40s and the lead up to and during and in the aftermath of the Holocaust was on display, except this was a protest in Belgium in 2019. So people think that was ancient history. It could never happen. But one of the victims in this recent attack was someone who survived the Holocaust. So people are are living full circle to have escaped death through that remarkable, uh, uh, remarkably horrible 
experience, and somehow they, they, they live to see the day mm-hmm. where it happens again. It's happening again. And we need to remind everybody, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, that the Muslim Brotherhood arose out of Hitler's Nazi Germany. Yes. Yep. Uh, the, yep. It, this, it, there's long been a partnership between the Nazis. I think Dennis Prager has a great piece out in Town Hall, The Rise of Islamo-Nazism. And, it, and there's also videos I saw today about uh, McCarthy's talking about fa- uh, focusing on sealing the border. Uh, we got to focus on deportation because I'm seeing videos of illegal aliens in this country holding up phones and celebrating the slaughter of children and women in Israel. And it's just, uh, we need, there's, there's not any serious discussion going on right now or serious institution in the U.S. right now uh, to deal with this. We have forgotten about it. We've scrubbed 9-11. We've scrubbed Islamic Jihad from our lexicon, from our lives, from 9-11. Now 9-11 is all about, you know, the victims instead of no focus whatsoever on who did it and why. And you know what? It never went away. John Guandolo talked about the history of Jihad. It's never gone away and it's never going to go away. And the only solution is to eradicate them off the planet. And if that means civilian casualties, it means civilian casualties. Because it's when you are at war, it's either them or you, right? And I think we also need to tell the American people that if you're not armed, if you if you are not armed and able to defend yourself, you need to do so. You need to go and buy weapons. You need to be trained on properly how to use them. We don't want anybody improperly trained. You need to know how to defend yourself and be prepared to do so. Because I do think things are going to get worse. Uh, uh, I mean, we're already not safe going to the grocery store where people carjacked, attacked. You can't walk down the street in some parts of this country. I hate to end on such an. Should we end on a, on a funny note that San Francisco has decided that there that some restaurants there have decided on Sunday brunches that if it, that they've now got a vomit fee that if you drink too many mimosas and you barf. They're going to charge you 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just being in San Francisco would make me barf. Where's where San Francisco needs to pay me money to go to San Francisco because I'd be I'd be hurling all over the place, stepping over human waste. OK, San Francisco, you need to be paying people to come and visit your ratty town. Don't forget about the needles. Exactly. OK, charging people a vomit fee. <laughs> I don't drink mimosas anyway. I'm At not least their priorities mimosa. are straight. You know, nothing to do with the homelessness, nothing about the fentanyl. Right. But uh, if you vomit, it's but, on you. Yes. If you vomit after drinking too many mimosas, who doesn't need to drink so many mimosas in order to go unconscious from the reality of life in San Francisco? All right. I think we've t- I think we've covered all the gamut here tonight. DJ Sesame Broccolini. I think we've covered it all. Absolutely. But we'll be back in case we missed anything tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you, Sesame Broccolini. Thank you to my listeners, my guest. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.